If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. <laughs> Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. Love at First Sight I'm a happily married man, and that's putting it lightly. I married the woman of my dreams. I couldn't ask for more. My interest in any other woman on the planet disappeared in an instant when I met my wife. I would never cheat on her. Such a notion would never even cross my mind in the least. Hell, I don't even dream about other women on accident. That's how happy I am with my wife and my life. I'm the general manager of a regional office for a large supply company. I run a tight ship at the office and only employ the best department heads. The CEO was paying us a visit today, which was fine with me. He could drop by any time he wanted to and I wouldn't have to lift a finger. My office is at its absolute best at all times. It had been an average day at work when one of my department heads, a taskmaster named Patricia, asked if she could have a word with me. She explained that one of her recent hires had turned out to be a disaster. This woman was late for work every single day. She was lazy, she was rude to other employees and to customers. Her physical appearance was unkempt and unacceptable to say the least. And on top of that, she smelled of body odor. I told Patricia that all of which she described was clearly grounds for dismissal and she had my approval. That's when Patricia explained that the young lady demanded to speak with me before she was fired. She wanted to tell her side of the story. I nodded and Patricia led the lady into my office. I lost my breath when this dream of a woman entered the room. Patricia introduced her as Gertrude. Gertrude was dumpy and morbidly obese, but in a sexy way. She walked with an adorable limp due to one leg being shorter than the other. She had incredibly beautiful, long, greasy, unwashed hair. The gaze of her lazy, bloodshot eye exuded a sexual ecstasy. Her face was pudgy like dough. The kind of dough you want to make love to. And she had the most endearing brown hairy mole on the tip of her chin. Oh, and her scent. That musty body odor was arousing every ounce of my sexual being. When she finally flashed a smile of decaying teeth, I felt my body begin to swell. I was glad I was sitting down for there was no way I would be able to conceal my raging erection otherwise. I would have given anything to spend one night between those chubby, misshapen, uneven, luscious legs. 
Gertrude's gruff, raspy voice sounded like angels singing. This bitch wants to fire me. Patricia threw her hands up in the air. Do you see what I mean, Mr. Morris? Can I relieve her of her duties now? Gertrude stepped forward and began twirling her oily hair as she spoke with a flirtatious tone. Mr. Morris, I like that name. Do you want to kiss me, Mr. Morris? I immediately began nodding profusely. Then fire this whore. I instantly turned to Patricia. Patricia, you're fired. Patricia looked at me in shock as Gertrude continued with her demands. Now give me Patricia's job. There was no hesitation when I spoke. It's yours, Gertrude. Do I get to kiss you now? I started licking my lips with anticipation and can feel beads of anxious sweat forming above my brow. At the same time, Patricia was throwing a fit. I can't believe what I'm hearing. You listen to me, Mr. Morris. I'm taking this directly to the CEO, and I'm going to the press as well. This is outrageous. Gertrude grinned at me and began rubbing her hand over her succulent, sagging breasts. Want to do more than just kiss me? Oh, oh yes. Yes, I do, Gertrude. Then kill this hussy. In a flash, I jumped over my desk and wrapped my hands around Patricia's throat. I squeezed as tight as I could and tripped her down to the floor. Patricia was fighting back valiantly. She clawed at me with her long nails, ripping flesh from my face. The pain was immense, but I didn't care. I just needed to kill Patricia so Gertrude would let me have her. Finally, Patricia's strength began to diminish, and her arms went limp. I kept squeezing until her eyes rolled back into her head, and she turned an odd shade of purple. Even though she was clearly dead, I was still squeezing her throat with all my might when the CEO walked into my office. What the hell is going on here? Gertrude spoke up. He just killed Patricia. The CEO immediately cried out for someone to call security. Why did you do this, Mr. Morris? I pointed to Gertrude. She told me to. I had to do it for her. The CEO turned his attention to Gertrude, and I witnessed him grow weak in the knees. He had to put his hand on the wall to support himself. I could see his pants distort in a display of arousal, and he began to stammer before finally spitting out a slew of words. You are the most stunning creature I have ever witnessed. What can I do to make you love me? Gertrude ran her sausage-like fingers over her lips. You tell me. The CEO pointed at me. This man is a murderer. I, I can't keep him employed. Would you like his job? W would that make you love me? I found myself boiling with jealousy as Gertrude approached the CEO and ran the back of her scab-infested hand down his cheek. Nah. You take his job. I want your job. The CEO dropped to his knees and took her hand. As you wish, Gertrude. 
as you wish. It was then that security arrived and was ordered to take me away. The thought of being away from Gertrude made me crazy and I tried to fight the guards off in a frenzy, but there were too many of them and they overpowered me. I observed the irresistible Gertrude grace the office doorway. I witnessed every single male in the office instantly stop what they were doing and stand at attention as they admired her. Some were literally drooling. Others began to masturbate on the spot. As I was whisked away, I watched on as Gertrude reached into her raggedy purse. She withdrew a tiny vial and began to drink from it. I could barely read the small words stenciled on the side of the vial. Love Potion Number Six Hello, my crazy, maniacal friends. If you like what you're hearing, please consider contributing. Any amount helps. Recurring monthly contributions are best of all. Just go to maniacontheloose.com slash support. Believe me, this maniac appreciates it very much. That's maniacontheloose.com slash support. and I recently bought a home in a moderate-sized town. There is a historic downtown district on one end of town with a lot of privately owned bars and restaurants. On the other end of town is a newer mall area with gobs of franchise sit-down restaurants. We had spent the day moving in and were tired and hungry. We were ready to sit down at a nice restaurant, relax, and stuff our faces. After throwing around a lot of different restaurants that we wanted to eat at, we ultimately decided to go to one of the chain restaurants in the more heavily populated mall area. I knew how to get to the old downtown area but wasn't sure how to get to the mall. We had been driving for approximately a mile when I realized I left my phone at home and thus had no GPS to assist me. I could have gone back home and gotten my phone, but we were already on our way and I had a general idea as to the vicinity of the mall, so I opted to wing it. I got on a congested street that I was confident led to the mall. After a couple miles, the street ended at a stop sign, so clearly I was mistaken. I had no clue which way to turn, so I took a guess and turned right. After another mile, this street ended at a stop sign as well. As I made a hasty decision to turn right, I noticed that there was a lot more lights in the sky to the left, 
so the mall was likely back that way. Fortunately, up ahead was a massive church. I figured I could simply pull in there, turn around, and we'd be headed in the correct direction. The driveway to the church was long and winded up a hill before finally emptying out in an enormous parking lot. The church was colossal and made out of weathered wood that gave it a barn-like appearance. I noticed that several of the windows in the church were shattered, and it was clear that this ancient relic was no longer in use. The old foreboding church loomed over us as I began the process of turning around. That's when I noticed another road at the other end of the gigantic church parking lot. The road was extremely busy, which made me believe it would lead us to the mall. I drove through the sweeping church parking lot, which ended at a dirt road that led to the busy road. We were close enough that I could see the road's name. Friendship Road. The problem was there was a sign in front of the dirt road that read, Do Not Enter. This made no sense. The dirt road wasn't more than a block long. It clearly led to Friendship Road. There was nobody else around, and I mean, I wouldn't be on the dirt road for more than a minute, so I ignored the sign and began traveling down the dirt road. About halfway down the road, another sign appeared before us. This one said, Turn around now. A few feet after that one was another sign that said, Go back. Friendship Road was only 10 seconds away, so I disregarded those signs as well and traveled down the remainder of the dirt road. When I reached Friendship Road, it was quite strange as there were no vehicles on the road whatsoever. It was only seconds ago that this road was bumper to bumper with vehicles, but now, before my very eyes, Friendship Road was nothing more than a long, dark, lonely road with not a soul in sight. My wife commented on how unusual this was and suggested that we turn back. However, I was very curious about Friendship Road. Where were all the vehicles that were just on it? Where did they go? Where did this road lead to? Even though the road was vacant now, it was busy just seconds ago. In my mind, this road had to lead to the mall. So I took a left onto Friendship Road, hoping for the best. We had been traveling for five minutes before my wife pointed out how dark the sky was. She was correct. It was black as coal. Earlier, there was a near full moon out that had illuminated everything brightly, but it was gone, as if swallowed up by the black sky. I checked my rearview mirror multiple times to see if there was any headlights behind me, indicating this road was as busy as it seemed to be earlier, but nothing. And no cars were passing us in the other direction either. We were alone. It was a few minutes later when we saw our first sign of life. 
There were two men walking on the side of the road. They were both wearing overalls and no shirts underneath. They had on gas masks and were carrying a small coffin. As we passed by them, they stopped and stared at us. My wife was alarmed. What the hell was that? I shook my head. I don't know, but I'm turning around the first chance I get. I drove for several more minutes searching for a parking lot or driveway to turn around in, but there was nothing. The road just kept going and going. I was about to stop and do a three-point turn in the middle of the dark road when I noticed the amber glow of a light up ahead in the distance. I figured if there was a light, there'd at least be some kind of area I could turn around in. As we got closer to the light, I could make out that it was flickering and could see sparks of ember in the sky above a dark silhouette of a forest. As I turned a bend and emerged past the forest, the massive fire came into view. At first I thought it was a bonfire, but then I saw a large stake in the middle of the roaring blaze. The fire was surrounded by a large group of people wearing dark robes with hoods pulled over their heads. As we drove down the road, I could see all of their heads turn in our direction in unison. That's when I noticed that there was a woman tied to the stake. They were burning someone alive. Before I could even react, the mass of hooded specters rushed our vehicle at a blazing speed. I watched on as some of them pulled knives out from under their robes and brandished them as they got closer. I did as fast of a three-point turn as I could and pounded on the accelerator just before the group reached our vehicle. I could hear the mob's screams of rage disappear into the distance as I blazed down Friendship Road back in the direction from which we came. We were many miles from that scene when I heard the first deep thud ahead of us. It sounded as though a gigantic anvil had fallen from the sky and impacted with the earth. It was followed by another one. My wife heard it too. What was that? I don't know. Another thud. That one was louder and closer. I wasn't sure where the sound was coming from, so I pressed down on the accelerator hoping to speed away from whatever that was. The opposite happened. The next thud was thunderous and shook the ground beneath the car. And then the source of the thuds emerged. The dark black forest lining the road ripped open and a monstrous head appeared. It was a scaled beast with sabers for teeth. The rest of the monster's hulking body crashed through the wood line and rammed into the side of the vehicle, sending us into a wild spin. When the car finally came to an abrupt halt in the middle of the road, we caught a clear view of the monstrosity before us. It was a dinosaur. But not just any dinosaur. It was a damn Tyrannosaurus Rex. 
I stomped on the accelerator and somehow spun the vehicle around and we rocketed down the road away from the prehistoric creature. The T-Rex gave chase and was right on our tail. We were nearing 70 miles per hour before we finally put distance between us and the beast and it finally disappeared into the black night behind us. What the hell is going on? My wife's eyes widened. Maybe that's it. Maybe we've died and gone to hell. I shook my head vigorously. I refused to accept that. No, 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 I'll, I'll get us out of here. I'll get us off of this road. Our vehicle was jutting down the road at a ferocious pace when I finally saw a ray of hope in the form of a sign that read, Friendship Road, Ending Soon. But that ray of hope vanished in a puff of smoke when I saw a swarm of bodies blocking the road ahead of us. I let out an audible gasp of disgust when I was hit with a wave of decaying odor. The stench was coming from the horde of people in front of us, but they weren't people at all. They were zombies, a crowd of disgusting, rotting, savage zombies. They lethargically staggered toward our vehicle. Their banshee-like screams filled the gloomy night. They were the only thing stopping us from getting off this godforsaken road. I stomped on the accelerator and tore through the mass of zombies like a bowling ball ripping through bowling pins. Showers of rotting body parts flew through the air as we motored through the decomposing horde of the undead. A skull cracked our windshield, a skeletal torso shattered it, but finally the throng of zombies was in our rearview mirror. I stopped when I reached a simple yellow wooden blockade in the middle of the road that read, The End of Friendship Road. It would be easy to smash through. That was not why I stopped. I stopped because of the little girl standing in front of the barricade, holding a teddy bear. The girl was wearing a yellow Easter dress. Her blonde hair was tied in neat pigtails. Her bright blue eyes looked sad as she stared at us. Her voice was dejected and pitiful. Don't leave me. My wife grabbed my shoulder. It's a trap. I shrugged. What am I supposed to do? I, I, I can't run over a little girl. Before I could say anything else, I noticed the teddy bear growing in the little girl's arms. Within a matter of seconds, it was the same size of the girl and was standing beside her. The teddy bear's smile had transformed into an intense snarl and its eyes began to blaze red. And it continued to grow. It was now the size of a grizzly bear and was glaring down at the little girl who looked frightened. Help me! She screamed out her last words as the insane teddy bear lurched over and swallowed the girl down in one horrific gulp. My wife screamed as the teddy bear turned its terrifying gaze upon us. 
and it kept growing. It was now the size of a house and let out the most hideous evil laugh as it stomped forward toward us. We were sitting ducks if I didn't do something. Our tires squealed as I pressed firmly on the accelerator and we launched forward. Somehow we managed to sneak our way between the gargantuan teddy bear's legs and shattered the roadblock sign to smithereens. Suddenly the moon lit the sky once more. There were streetlights and houses and buildings, and there were other cars on the road. I quickly looked behind us and no longer saw any evidence of the malevolent road of terror we had just encountered. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. If you like scary stories and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a whole slew of them, and most of them are just 99 cents. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books. Again, this is a great way to support the show. That's ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books.